G'day Sports by Fry fans, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry pod here on a Thursday evening discussing AFL fantasy. Apologies in advance for the audio, I don't have my microphone on me, I'm holidaying down south at the moment, but things will be back to normal starting Monday. Of course I'm back talking AFL fantasy after the teams were revealed for round 18. There's only six weeks left in the fantasy season, so every trade is going to be crucial down the stretch for those coaches in a meaningful rank position, which does not include myself, but I'm sure there's some people out there listening to this that are gunning for something important. There wasn't too much carnage team selection-wise. Things went pretty according to plan. There are some pretty hot topics and questions that a lot of people are really struggling to cover. So without further ado, let me dive into today's episode. kick off round 18 action with Essendon making the trip to Adelaide. The Crows made one change to their lineup with Tom Lynch coming back in. Tyson Stengel has been omitted. Kind of stings for some people that traded him in as a downgrade target last week. I did kind of flag that he might only be around like Ben Davis for one or two weeks, but he's listed as an emergency, so if you've got him, I wouldn't go flicking him out. He might get another gig later in the year. We'll have to wait and see. On Essendon's side, there were four changes to their lineup. Michael Hurley, Zach Clark, Arazio, Fantasia, and Jaden Laverde are the four outs, with Michael Hatley, Patrick Ambrose, Dyson Hepbull, and Will Snelling coming in. So Snelling is someone who I've been really keen on for a couple of weeks now. Finally gets a gig in the senior side. He for the Sandful when he was there before he got drafted in the mid-season draft for the Bombers. He averaged 128, and he's a bit of a tackling machine. Since he's been in the VFL, his numbers have been a bit more tame, averaging 101, but he's still very impressive, and I like the looks of him. And only 207 grand, I think he's probably the pick of the downgrade targets at the moment. Tomorrow you can check out, just after the Sunday teams are announced, I'll release my rookie trade target rankings, but... Yeah, Snelling will be at the top of the list, spoiler alert, so I do love the looks of him. With Zach Clark out, it's interesting that they're going to go in almost with no recognised Ruckman. No offence to Sean McKernan, who's named as their starting Ruckman. For what it's worth, Will Snelling is also named on the ball, so hopefully he can score well against the Crows, who are usually an easy team for midfielders to score against. But that could mean, with Clark's omission, big news for Riley O'Brien. Maybe a captain option, but if you're still running with him, I wouldn't go looking at flicking him out to Max Gorn or anyone like that this week. Port Adelaide and Richmond's the first game on the Saturday slate. Camden McIntosh and Derek Egmelis-Smith are the two omissions for Richmond with Jack Graham and Liam Baker back. Derek Egg, mm, there's probably not too many people rocking him on the field, hopefully. If he's on your bench, there's nothing really clear in the downgrade target in defense at the moment, so... Might suck not having a playing emergency. He might have helped a couple of coaches when Carnage hit a few weeks ago, but I would uh, hold him for now. Port Adelaide, they welcome back a defender rookie in the form of Xavier Dersma, along with Dan Houston and Matthew Broadbent. Three outs all come via injury with Brad Ebert, Ollie Wines and Ryan Burton left off the team sheets. Carlton and Gold Coast is up next. The Suns made four changes to their lineup. Corbett, Brad Shear, Anthony Miles and Lockie Weller are all out, so... There are some popular names there in Corbett and maybe Anthony Miles, probably more draft relevant than anything, but Corey Ellis, Peter Wright, Jacob Dawson, and Big Cal Burgess come back. I'm joking. His name's Chris Burgess, but I don't know why. All season, I keep calling him Callum Burgess. So it's been pointed out multiple times. I keep writing his name as Callum Burgess 
in my Dream Team articles. So I do know his name is Chris. Don't ask me why I keep calling him Callum, but he's still floating around on a lot of people's bench, so that might give some people a heartbeat as an emergency this weekend. For the Blues, just one change for them with Hugh Goddard out with a fractured cheekbone and Jacob Wiedering coming in to take his place. So Goddard would have been traded in by a lot of people last week. His injury is listed at this stage as one to two weeks, so I think it's wise to hold on to him, like I mentioned before with uh, Derek Egg, Melise Smith. There's nothing clear as a downgrade target at the moment in your defense, so I think holding those blokes, unless someone else emerges, is a fine choice at the moment. The Giants and the Pies in arguably the match of the round will play on Saturday afternoon. couple of changes for both sides. As we know, GWS will lose Steve Cornelio pretty much for the rest of the year at least the rest of the fantasy season. Adam Buntine, oh, sorry, Adam Kennedy and Matt Buntine are the other two outs. Jeremy Finlayson, Jake Stein and Shane Mumford come back in. So Mumford and Dawson Simpson will try and combat Big Brody Grundy, which is interesting if you're looking at picking Grundy as your skipper. For the Pies, they welcome back Taylor Adams and Jeremy Howe and Trav Barco, actually, some big names, along with Flynn Appleby. The outs are almost as noteworthy. Darcy Moore, Jamie Elliott... Levi Greenwood, and John Noble, who has a calf complaint. So for those people that traded Noble in last week, again, it stings if you trade one bloke in and he's out the next, but it's an injury that will force him out of the side, so nothing too alarming. Taylor Adams is someone interesting. I'll talk a little bit about him and Adam Chalor in the Hot Topics section soon, but he's priced pretty cheaply and is someone that I don't mind the looks of. I'm still chasing an upgrade in one of my last two midfield spots, so... Adams, along with someone like Mark Murphy, could be a cheaper route. He's only 620k, is Taylor Adams. So definitely worth keeping your eye on him on Saturday. Fremantle and the Sydney Swans are up next. A couple of changes. There's actually a lot of changes now that I'm looking at it across the board this round. But four changes to both these outfits. The Swans are bringing Robbie Fox, Ryan Clark, Riley Stoddard, and debutante Hayden McLean over, a 170k forward, who I'll talk about in a moment. The four outs for them, Kieran Jack, Harry Cunningham, Jordan Dawson, and Ben Ronk. For Frio, they also made four changes. Trav Collier, Ryan Nyhouse, and Ethan Hughes were all omitted. And Nat Fife is out with an elbow infection. So that's probably the biggest absentee that we weren't really expecting. Fife is pretty injury-prone, let's be honest. He's never played 22 games in a full season. And this is the type of thing that gives you pause when you consider trading him in. He's someone who's in my team, and I'll talk about my trades at the end of the episode, but an elbow infection, there's no guarantee that'll only be a one-week thing. It should be, but you never know. I think I like to be ultra-aggressive when it comes to trading these type of dudes, but yeah, Fifey's omission will definitely hurt Frio and a lot of fantasy coaches out there. The ins for them, Aaron Sanderlands is back. Almost surprisingly, there was a lot of talk of the Derby being maybe his last AFL game ever. So he might just uh, play home games from here on out. And considering their season's down the toilet, it'd be nice to see him get a bit of a swan song game. But he comes in along with Taylor Germain, Brett Bewley and Griffin Lowe. So a couple of popular cash cows that are probably still floating on some people's benches there. Lowe and Bewley are named on the bench at the moment. And I wouldn't go expecting them to score too incredibly against the Swans, but... They could be all right. I like uh, having Brent Bewley still as an emergency on my team, so I wouldn't go trading either of them out unless you need the cash to make a pretty mega upgrade. Last game on the Saturday slate, Brisbane versus North Melbourne. North made three changes to their lineup with Paula Hearn and Curtis Taylor omitted. Luke McDonald is out with an injury, and they welcome back Sam Durden, 
Mason Wood and Sean Higgins. Higgins could especially be draft relevant, so what I would do if uh, you're out there listening is go ahead and add Sean Higgins in your draft side if he's still on the waiver wires. Brisbane, Luke Hodge, Eric Hipwood and Hugh McCluggage are three huge ins for them with Ryan Lester, Josh Walker and Ben Keyes all omitted. Sunday we'll see Geelong and Hawthorne clash. Pretty historic rivalry between these two sides. There's no outs for Hawthorne at the moment. Jonathan Segler, James Cousins, Darren Minchington and Jack Gunston are the inclusions into their side. On Geelong's side of things, Braden Parfitt is the only out with an injury at the moment. Zach Smith, Scott Selwood, Jake Collajasny, James Parson and Sam Simpson are the ins there. So older trio, Dangerfield, Ablett and Joel Selwood have all been named. There was some doubt, especially surrounding Ablett and Dangerfield, who didn't train the other day. But they're all named at the moment, all listed on the field. So fingers crossed we see them uh, hold their spots in the team once they're trimmed on Friday Arvo. In Darwin, we'll see Melbourne and West Coast clash. Melbourne haven't made any changes to their outfit, but the Wagner brothers, Corey and Josh, Tim Smith and popular rookie Oscar Baker come into the squad. West Coast's team is pretty youthful at the moment. We know that Jamie Cripps and Nick Natanui will be out with injuries, but they've included Francis Watson, Bailey Williams and Matthew Allen, three potential debutants. I don't know if any of the three of them will get up because the other inclusions for the Coasters include Will Schofield, Jack Petricelli, and Jake Waterman. So I think that more experienced trio would get a game ahead of the other blokes. But again, we'll have to wait and see on Friday, Arvo. Last game of the weekend features St Kilda and the Western Bulldogs. Couple of changes to both outfits. The Bulldogs will be missing Toby McLean, who's out with a hamstring injury. The ins to their squad, Caleb Daniel, Dale Morris, Bailey Dale, Tom Libertore and Riley West. So some pretty popular fantasy names there. Libba seems like the straight swap for McLean, but you never know. They might get fancy and give Riley West his final, finally give him his uh, debut. But Bailey Dale's another candidate maybe. We'll have to wait and see. St Kilda, they've only got one out at the moment as well with Ben Long rested. Dalton Langlands and Sam Rowe are the two new players who could potentially play. Langlands has been confirmed as a debutante, 170k mid forward, so he's someone to keep your eye on. Matthew Parker, Bailey Rice and Dara Joyce are the other inclusions into the squad. So like I mentioned, nothing too crazy omissions wise. Nat Fife's out will hurt a few people, but yeah, we dodged a couple of bullets and hopefully the Sunday teams when they're trimmed tomorrow Arvo are kind to us as well. All right, time to talk some hot Topics. Now, a lot of people will be rocking with Steve Cornelio in their teams, and some might have Nat Fife as well. So, a lot of questions that I've been getting have been asking what to do with those blokes. I think if you can trade to someone like Dunkley or Whitfield, you have to do it at this point of the year. It's worth paying up the extra coin. I'm not usually a big fan of spending top dollar, but people out there gunning for a relevant rank or for a spot in their league finals, you have to get the most points on your field. And to do that, you want to get the best players. So, Dunkley comes at a pretty hefty cost. He's over 850k, so if you can't afford him, it might be wiser to gun for someone like Whitfield. Whitfield will set you back about 780, but there is a 70 grand difference there. So if you want to pocket that extra coin and get Whitfield, that's a smart maneuver. If you want to chase value, though, I've talked about a few players earlier in the week, but Mark Murphy and Patrick Cripps are probably the two best bets. I think it's not wise to trade Taylor Adams in unproven without any uh, runs on the board. So for that reason, I'd probably rank Cripps a bit of ahead of Murphy, but there's plenty of value to be had. I talked about Lockie Hunter earlier in the week. He's someone that 
I'm eyeing off to potentially snap up for one of the latter midfield spots. If you want to get real crazy, you could consider someone like Ricky Henderson, but I think Cripps offers the most value at the moment. Rory Sloan is someone who's almost as cheap as him, so those are a couple of targets that you might want to look at for a Fife or Cornelio replacement. I've touched on Taylor Adams being back for Collingwood already, but I think it's wise for a lot of people who are asking to still hold Adam Trelaw. Stereotypically, we've seen that when Adams comes back into the side, Trelaw's average shoots down. I think there's about a 20-point swing, which is pretty significant. But I'll never forget, I wrote a preseason article about Brody Grundy, not this year, but last year, in the deck of DT for the Dream Team Talk Boys. And I talked about how the Mason Cox effect could give us pause over starting with Grundy. And then we went on to see Brody Grundy just absolutely dominate last year and Mason Cox's effect wasn't relevant at all. So we know that history suggests Trelaw will score less with Adams in the side, but until it becomes a problem, I don't think it's something that you should do. If you're in a luxury trade position like that, there must be different things you can do rather than trading out Adam Trelaw with Taylor Adams potentially coming back into the side. Like I said, until it becomes an issue and we see Trelaw's average dip down, because he's been pretty incredible the last few weeks. I think from record, uh, from memory, he's now the second highest scorer for the entire season behind Grundy. So I wouldn't go getting too fancy. If in a fortnight's time we see Trelaw drop a 90 and 102 and Adams is scoring well, that's when you want to address it. But let's not get too fancy based on history. Hopefully we can still see Trelaw score decently against GWS this weekend. Last little hot topic thing before I dive into Q&A. People are asking a lot about the rookies. Now, Will Snelling, I've pumped up already a bit. He is the pick of the downgrade targets at the moment, but I don't really love a lot of the other debutants. We saw in St Kilda's lineup that the mission for the, or sorry, the out for them was Ben Long, who is rested, and Dilton Langlands coming in for his debut could just be a one-week thing with Long rested. So that's something to watch for sure. Sydney's side of things, Hayden McLean coming in as a basement-priced forward. He's another interesting bloke, but there's a lot of outs and Jordan Dawson's suspension for Sydney means that he could Hayden McLean could also be a one-week player. Langlands is only averaging 63 in his VFL game so far this season, and McLean is a bit of a taller forward who's averaging 58 from seven games in the Neeple. So I don't love the two of them. So for that reason, I think Snelling is probably the only rookie whose name, or debutant who's been named, that I would give you the green light to trading in at the moment. There are a couple of other blokes you might want to consider if you've got a bit of extra bank, like Ollie Hanrahan or Nick Hind. But again, check back with the rankings Friday Arvo after the squads are trimmed. But right now, the only bloke who I would advise trading in would be Will Snelling. Time to dive into some question and answers. Thank you to those people who hit me up on their preferred form of social media. Matt Vitality asks, he's already bringing in Crips for Fife. Who would I pick out of Hunter, Adams, or Sloan for his second trade? Hunter is a good target, as is Sloan. Adams, I think you can eliminate based on the fact that he hasn't played footy in a while. Granted, he did play in the VFL last week, but he might take a while to get his legs under him in the senior side. So I think I'd pick Hunter over Sloan. Just maybe it's a bit of recency bias, but we did see him score pretty well last week. And I think with that lower break even, it's probably a better pick over Sloan. Morgs640 asks, how do we rate Langlangs and McLean? Is either worth a shot? They seem to have come from nowhere. Langlangs is someone whose name I've heard a little bit of buzz in the last fortnight. McLean has definitely shot out of nowhere, and I've already talked a little bit about where I rank both of them. Langlands is an okay trade target if you want to pocket some coin. He's having that mid-forward flexibility, especially if you have someone like Jared Cameron 
in your forward line, or maybe you've got Nick Hind and Brett Bewley and you can get a bit fancy with your trades. It's not a terrible target, but I definitely rank Snelling above both of them. But if you can only afford one of the 170k dudes, Langlands should be okay, but definitely ahead of McLean in my opinion. Jake Amos said, hey mate, do we pick Hanrahan over Snelling? The extra money doesn't affect my trades. Hanrahan seems like the safer option with finals getting closer. It's a good question and a great point. I think that it's smart to have playing emergencies across your lines, in finals especially. So Snelling should hold his spot in this Don's outfit for a couple of weeks. There's no guarantee. I mean, the outs for them, Orazio Fantasia, Laverde, I don't see either of them coming in and stealing his spot. Dyson Hepbel is coming into the Essendon side as well, so there's another midfielder even with Snelling named. So I think Snelling could be the highest scorer. And for that reason, pocketing that extra 50 or 60k, while it might not help you this week, it could help you a fortnight from now. And it might, if another injury strikes, help you not lose too much from the relevant blokes and make you stay in the race for finals. So while Hanrahan's job security might be a bit better, I think pocketing someone like Snelling with the extra potential scoring is the better play. Billy Elsom asks, should I field Hind or Bewley this week? St Kilda going up against the Bulldogs means that I don't expect their midfield to score too greatly. I don't know off the top of my head exactly what the numbers are like the Bulldogs giving up, but when we see the Footscray men scoring pretty immensely, it means there's less fantasy points for the others to grab. Sydney, their midfield doesn't scare me as much, and with Fife out, I think Brett Bewley could see some more time in the guts or playing on a wing, most likely. That's usually the role that he does play for the Dockers. So at that position, I think I'd field Bewley just over Nick Hind. Connor Brown asked me via Instagram, who to bring in, Rocky, Fife, or Yo? So obviously this question was asked before we learnt about Nat Fife. The Rocky or Yo dilemma is an interesting one. I was really big on the West Coast Eagles run home, hence the reason I traded in Luke Shuey last week. And Yoey is probably a bit better than Shuey. His recent form hasn't been as incredible. He hasn't been tackling as much. He Granted, dropped a 120 against Collingwood, but he does have some other big scores. A 130 against Essendon and the Crows, a big 140 against Melbourne and Gold Coast. So with their upcoming run, I do kind of side with him. I don't know why, but my gut keeps telling me to avoid Tom Rockliffe. Maybe I'm a hater, but and he'll probably now go 150 against Richmond, but he didn't score great against Brisbane last week. He's got the Giants after the Tigers uh, in the future. So I think it's a little bit more of a risk, but... I'd probably just side with Elliot Yo. Rocky's in 20% of teams as well. So if you want to chase someone who's got a little bit of a less ownership with Yoey in 7% of teams, I think that's the way to go. Alex Lyons asks, should he upgrade Logue or Dylan Clark first? If he do does Logue first, he can get someone better for Logue next week. I think Clark will outscore Logue this week. And we've seen Logue score a 30 and a 40 in his most recent outing. So he's virtually a key defender. He's a bit shorter and a bit, does have a bit more rebounding tendencies than some of the key defenders. But Dylan Clark could still score well against the Crows, even if he does tag someone like Sloan or try to shut down one of the Crouch boys. So he, as a midfielder, will definitely be a higher point total scorer this round. And for that reason, I think Logue has got to go. Clark might be able to get to something dearer, but he does have a solid break even, Dylan Clark, that is. So I think if you want to hold on to him, he'll probably get his 54 break even this week and Logue I, again I've talked about how he isn't a great scorer he has exactly the same break even so I'd trade Logue first finally the last question Jared Simmons asks can you delete and start your fantasy team again this late into the season 
If only. If things were that easy, then uh, I would still have a lot more passion for this game. Before I end this episode, let me dive into what I'm going to do with my trades. I am going to be getting Will Snelling into my outfit, getting a little bit fancy and chopping out Noah Answorth. It does leave me without an emergency in my defense, which is a bit alarming, but I then have two in my forward line and two if Kyle Dunkley holds his spot in my midfield. And freeing up that cash allows me to turn Nat Fife into Lockie Whitfield. I could still get Josh Dunkley, and it's something that I might consider as well. There is also the chance of me keeping Answorth and maybe chopping out someone like Joel Garner, or if Dunkley doesn't hold his spot, maybe him, and then getting Snelling. But I think if I do that, the only trade I'll be able to do is maybe land Cripps instead of Fife. A lot of people are asking whether they should hold or trade Fife, a quick little tangent. I like to be pretty ultra-aggressive with the hold or trade players, unless they're a top scorer in their position. So earlier in the year, I've talked a little bit about holding and trading Dangerfield, holding and trading Lockie Whitfield. I think those guys are in a bit of a class of their own. Nat Fife is a great player, but I've talked at length multiple times this year about how he has a couple of eggs and drops these terrible scores that brings his average down and is a bit of a suspension and an injury risk, as we've just found out this week. So I like to be aggressive. There's no guarantee that it's going to be a one-week injury, so I would trade Fife, and it's what I'm going to do, and hopefully I'm going to net Whitfield and or Dunkley. And that's going to do it for another episode of the Sports by Fry pod. Thank you for tuning in. I'll try and throw this up on Friday morning so that you can listen to it before the teams are trimmed. As I mentioned, though, if you want to check back on the Sports by Fry forms of social media, I'll release my rankings later in the day just to talk about which rookies you should target. But other than that, good luck in round 18. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, peace.